Son, my place is here. My future is here. It is time for you to let go. I don't want things to change. But you can't stop the change any more than you can stop the suns from setting. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl Leclerc, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 344, Mother of Skywalkers. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Anakin and Leia. To my Luke, we've got Carla Claire and Katie Horn. Hello! Hello! Call me Leia. Okay, I'll be Anakin. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Wait, what's that in your hand? Is that a thermal detonator? <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm, touching, to re- I'm touching too well. Time to renegotiate this podcast. <laughs> I, but I wanted to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, get to the podcast. I'm, Fine. I'm, I'm already on my speeder halfway there. Like, <laughs> Duel of the Fates is playing in the background for some, you know, as I drive through the desert. Like, <laughs> leapt through the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, how do you both feel about talking about Shmi Skywalker for an entire I, episode? I'm so offended that you would even ask that. Like, let's just go. Why aren't we talking about her already? <laughs> oh my gosh. It, 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 this has been a long time coming. The amount of stuff that we have talked about with Phantom Menace recently, and then just the Skywalkers in general. I'm surprised it just hasn't happened already, but it's about time. Shmi needs the love, everyone. Shmi needs the love. And don't you forget about me. <laughs> don't, don't. There it is. You know, I would free her and marry her. <laughs> She'd make your life better. There's no oh, doubt about she w- it. I could be so lucky, like going down on one knee, like Shmi Skywalker. Please, would you make me the happiest woman in the galaxy? Please. She'd probably just put just a gentle. She'd put mom. a gentle hand like, on your hand and be like, "Of course, Katie." Oh, 
It would just be like so sweet and and serene. Um, or she'd be like, you know, or she would turn me down in like the best way. You know, she'd be like, no, you're going to go. You're going to go live a full life. You will find your love again. Now, don't look back. Don't look back. <laughs> She's just like, go on. Go on. <laughs> now, okay. A little, yeah. a little uh, behind the scenes of the Wampus Lair. Last week when we finished recording, somehow Shmi came up in conversation. And Katie was just saying, like, he, like pointed out, because right, we've been doing our journey to this Rise of Skywalker. And Katie, you were like, Shmi is the mother of Skywalkers. Like, like it's this her is, name. That is her name. Yeah, Katie, like, claimed that in a way that I never even thought about it. And, it's like, and Jason and I were just like, we should probably do an episode about her and katie just goes don't you forget about shmi (laughs) and uh today's episode was right (laughs) oh i'm so yes i'm so ready but yeah that that's exactly it it's her name i think maybe you know people forget that because you know what the first was i'm luke skywalker i'm here to rescue you know that's his name so of course it's going to be his father you know i know you were once anakin skywalker my father you know and so then of course it's shmi's name you you kind of you know we got there back backwards yeah. you know it's like okay so if it's loose name then obviously it's anakin's name then obviously it's shmi's name and then we don't really stop to think about like when we see the phrase rise of skywalker that comes from shmi yeah that's hers yeah, yeah. It, it, that's awesome yeah. it is it's really fantastic uh, so uh i'm so excited to talk about good old shmi with the two of you but um, before we hop into the topic itself, uh, we have a couple more reviews to read off of iTunes. Um, some more lovely folks were kind enough to take the time to write reviews for us over in the iTunes store. Um, and our first one comes in. I love this username. Great good person. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> so, And great good person says, um, I listen to a lot of Star Wars podcasts, but none I have found are quite like this one. The trio have such a good chemistry between them, and you can tell they are good friends. They are so welcoming of every opinion and are literally the most positive people I listen to. Every segment they do is so much fun to listen to and makes me wish I could be part of the Wampus Lair. Keep up the good work. Oh, you are a great good person. Thank you, great good, amazing, awesome, spectacular person. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness. You. That that review like hits everything that we try to do here. Like that that's that's kind of our goal is we want to be positive, we want to be fun, and we want to be a good place where everybody's opinions can have a turn, you know, even if we don't agree with it. Cuz I don't agree with everything that Carl and Katie say and they don't agree with everything yeah. I say, but yeah. it's Jason says a lot a of dumb stuff, right. but like I he's allowed to, you know. <laughs> right? Exactly. Jason's all like, like Sio Bibble is the most important character in Star Wars and Katie's all like who's that and I'm all like no he's not. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never I've literally never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> Ask your beloved. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's <laughs> But, you guys, but don't you realize you- it can only be one thing? Invasion. <laughs> it can only be one thing. Only one. There's just I've done the math, <laughs> and it comes out to invasion. Oh, uh, all right. So we have, I have one more review to read for us, um, and this comes from Erock Seven Twenty, and this one's real simple. He says, "Really great hosts. Thank you." <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. I, I think Jason and Katie are pretty great as well. Oh, I also think I'm pretty great. I mean, (laughs) if I'm just going to be honest for a second, I think I'm fantastic. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I love you guys. You know I love you, you guys. You stole my joke, Katie. Yeah, um, I was I'm about sit. to say I. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You are sit. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yes, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we appreciate the very kind reviews and we are not only humbled and flattered, but also slightly embarrassed by all of them. So um. <laughs> speak for yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and one, one more. Uh, oh, I spy somebody looking at me. His name is Darth Maul. No longer Maul. No longer Darth or whatever. Oh, and Formerly Darth. We're all yeah, playing okay. with toys right now, but you can't see that. Katie has a lovely Darth Maul with binoculars. Jason has yeah. <laughs> his B1 battle droid, and I'm playing with a Shmi figure. So at least one oh, of us is on topic. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> well, um, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Maul with macro binoculars fit because, you know, while Shmi is living her life being awesome, Darth Maul is out in the desert, like doesn't know what's going on. She's just <laughs> with his macro binoculars. Like. <laughs> And those B1 uh, battle droids definitely don't know what's going on. They have a clue. <laughs> Tatooine, <laughs> Tatooine is sparsely populated. If the trace is correct, I will find them quickly, Master. Roger, Roger. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so real quick, let's. We had a, a matchup from last episode. Again, our Revenge of the Sith episode, of course, bred a Revenge of the Sith themed um, matchup where we did a kind of what if scenario. What if Obi Wan and Yoda had teamed up? to take on Darth Sidious in Revenge of the Sith. Um, what did you all think would happen? And, and just a really quick kind of side note for those of you who participated in the matchup. We did, did things a little bit differently this time on our social media. Normally, we just post the question and let you say what you, you know, say your answer and, and make any comments. But for the sake of time, we've kind of uh, just done something new. And you can do polls on Twitter. You can do polls on Facebook. So we just did a poll. Um, it allows you to just vote. So I, I apologize because obviously in some ways it takes your, your voice away for, for your reasoning behind it. Um, that's certainly not the intention. The rationale Yeah, you can always to, leave a comment. Absolutely. Yeah. Always, absolutely. Always yeah. feel we free to comment. We definitely had a few who And we definitely, did. yeah. Um, but because we've like been fortunate enough to have so many responses in the last you know the last few months just to for time's sake it just makes it a little bit easier to just get that percentage and i mean we had over yeah. 100 votes on twitter so um, which is dope thanks which everybody is awesome yeah, yeah. And, i mean that's obviously a lot more than we normally get because i think it's just an easier thing to click a button as opposed to type something out so um hopefully it allows more people to participate as well so thank you to all of you that did that being said jason who wins this showdown all right. Well, uh, it, no matter what we say in this showdown, um, we've got a winner. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Obi Wan and Yoda ended up with 129 votes, and Darth Sidious ended up with 69 votes. So, okay. yeah, quite. Wow, the if spread. only he'd gotten. If only he'd gotten 66. We, uh, we were this close. Oh, this close we were, to greatness. We were. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so that's that's the Larian's take on this. I'm interested interested to hear what your takes are, Katie. Uh, who do you think would be the victor here? Oh man, you guys, you know I'm absolutely loath to give Sidious anything ever, <laughs> <laughs> but I think he I think he wins this one. I you know I don't think. When Sidious was there dismantling the Senate and throwing it at Yoda, I don't think Obi-Wan standing there being an extra target would have helped very much. That's all, that's all <laughs> I'm saying. You know what I mean? I think, uh-huh. I think, yeah, Sidious had played his cards right. You know, he's been working on this for like 10 years. And I don't think there was much, you know, Yoda, you know, Obi-Wan could have added to that fight. 
Like, mm. now nah, I give it to Sidious. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Carl? Um, I'm glad you ask because uh, I'm going to do the annoying thing where I say, well, all right, real quick. If you, <laughs> if you take the novel's breakdown of this fight, 10 times out of 10, Sidious wins regardless of whether or not Obi-Wan's there. If you take the movie, I say 8 times out of 10, Sidious wins. So, because the movie does make Yoda and Sidious seem like they're pretty evenly matched with Sidious getting the upper hand. But again, if you've read the novel, you know that Sidious kicks the crap out of Yoda, which I think is actually the more believable case. Um, yeah. Not because I want it, but I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, Obi-Wan being there, like you said, Katie, it just adds another easy target for Sidious. So Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, so I give it to Sidious as well. What do you think, Jason? Well, we are unanimous here on the podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, first of all, uh, Obi-Wan's good, but he's more of a defensive fighter. Yeah. Um, he's not could one, do better. <laughs> yeah. And, and the only reason he was able to last as long as he did against Anakin is because they've trained for, you know, over the past decade together. They know each other in and out, the, their their fighting styles and the, what they're going to do. So that's the only reason Obi-Wan lasts as long as he did against Anakin. He has no frame of reference for what Sidious is capable of. And, I mean, did we not just see what he did to, you know, Mace Windu, Kit Fisto, Stacey Tin, and Age and Kolar uh, just, you know, 40 <laughs> minutes earlier? Um, Remember when he, like, jumped across the room in a corkscrew maneuver? Yeah. (laughs) You know, just... uh, Unstoppable. Yeah. No kidding. This is Sidious's moment. Uh, At this point in time, this is the most powerful that Palpatine has ever been. Um, you know, not only in terms of political power, but just in terms of his connection to the dark side. Everything has culminated, and he is just tapped in with a direct channel to the dark side right now. Um, if they were to wait and come back and try to assassinate him, like, you know, a couple months or a couple years later, maybe they'd have a better chance. But right now, no, not at all. Um, I know. Palpatine was trying to get out of there with Yoda initially, you know, in the movie, but once they actually started fighting, Yoda wasn't going to get close to touching him, you know? And, and and then as soon as he started throwing the Senate at him, it was all over. Yeah, so, no, you're, you're done. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm in agreement. I don't think Obi-Wan being there changes the outcome of that fight. Yeah. Um, the Senate still gets thrown, there's just an extra target, and Palpatine's double-fisting in different directions. The Senate pods, you know, it's just all over the place, you know. Um, yeah, that there's there's no way that that changes. So yeah, that gives the final tally though of one hundred and twenty nine to seventy two. Um, in no, favor no, of Obi-Wan we and Yoda. should instead of adding our votes, we should subtract, subtract our votes to get them down to sixty six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, there you go. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> Because once he hits 66 votes, then everything's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll do that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we've got an awesome and fun poll for you at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. I can't wait to see what people say because I'm going to have fun with it. So, <laughs> um, But we got a topic. And Carl, how – Carl, Katie, I don't know. Who wants to – how do we want to jump into this topic? Like this. 
Okay, that's. I mean, that's a good way to jump in. Just go for I, it. Yeah, it's a, that's a good way. I I. My favorite thing about all this is imagining like our sound system like that we installed throughout the Wampa's Lair. You know, there's just like <laughs> ice and stereos, you know, and the Wampa's got like, you know, earplugs in. Like, <laughs> sleep while we're we rocking out. Be, we just got to be careful with the bass levels because otherwise the ice stalactites and stalagmites yeah, are just crumbling, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Barbie girl was literally the death of us. Yeah. Like literally, <laughs> we fell from the ceiling. <laughs> oh my gosh! So Shmi Skywalker, the first time we hear the name Skywalker, is well attached to this woman. I don't know that we do. We ever hear the name Shmi Skywalker? Do we get her last name? I'm trying to think. Oh, real quick. Gosh. I, well, they, they, I'm trying to think. I know the during only- the Boonta Eve pod race, um, and the, the, the announcers say, little Anakin Skywalker, the right. local boy. Yeah. You know? And that might be the first time we get his full name. Yeah. And, and I know that one of the handmaidens drops Anakin's name later. You know, it's Anakin yeah. Skywalker. Yeah. And he's coming to see me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we also, like, and, and yeah, I, I don't Qui-Gon know if anybody ever him, says. I don't know that sorry. we. Are, yeah, I don't know. And that we, I, sorry, we're all talking for each other. Go ahead, Katie. <laughs> yeah, because well, no, and also my mind's racing because I cannot even remember Shmi literally saying hello. My name is Shmi, right? Because I, she's just called Moms. Yeah. The whole movie. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know that we ever yeah. get her name. I that blows my mind. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and that's something that, that's true in a lot of Star Wars, though, right? Like these characters does, that we see. Does Watto say her name when he does in Attack is of the Clones? About, um, in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah, he does in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that's Shree, true. She's not mine no more. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying I to. I sold years ago. Yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah. he, he even Duato does, right? Yeah, because he's like, you know, I wage yeah. my new pot against the boy and his mother. No pods were two slaves. Um, yeah, like, I, and then I, later I, it's all like you know, yeah. He just refers to him as the boy. You know, take him. You yeah. know, like yeah. I don't think we ever hear her name in the movie. If we're wrong, definitely be sure to correct us. Um, but I'm almost positive we don't actually hear her name in the movie, which blows my mind. Yeah. But also doesn't terribly surprise me because a lot of the times, you know, if character is mother, then that's her role. She's right. mom. Yeah. And that's you know, and that's all that her identity stops there, which is like problematic. But well, we never hear. I don't think we ever hear. Bail Organa's name in the movies. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I think he's called Senator Organa Senator. once. Yeah, Senator but, Organa. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's true of like, right? We never hear, we never hear a lot of, I mean, granted, Shmi is not like a tiny minor character like a lot of these folks are. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's. Well, in, Re- in Return of the Jedi, it was just the Emperor. Nobody right. ever said Emperor Palpatine. Right. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Mon Mothma. Yeah, did. yeah, Mon Mothma did. Oh, that's right. She does. I always forget that. Does she? <laughs> never mind. Does she? I'm, I'm positive she does. Okay. Yeah. I thought she just said the Emperor. Emperor oh, no, you're right. She does. Oh. Okay. The Emperor has made a critical error, and the time for her yeah, attack has come. That's it. That's all she says. Yeah. Palpatine's name oh, okay. is not mentioned in Return of the Jedi at all. So, um,. But yeah, and yet we know all of their names. So <laughs> it's just, that's just Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, you Star learn, Wars stuff. Yeah, you learn their names because you bought the toy. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yes. 
Yeah, or some other sort of expanded universe content, whether it's like an RPG or a card game or something. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Like we knew the name for Coruscant before it was in the movie. Yeah. And, and then and when they said Coruscant, people were like, "Oh, that's how you pronounce it. It's not Coruscant." Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, the first yeah. time we ever get it is in is in Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is when he names it. Um, yeah, Coruscant. <laughs> We all said it wrong. <laughs> anyway, but let's talk about the mother of Skywalkers. So yes. we know we know very little of her backstory. Although I, right before we started recording, I got I got a uh, I bought a Shmi off eBay because I didn't have a Shmi action figure. Um, <laughs> her action. Do you want to know what her action truly is? Just, yeah, just loving. That's it. Oh, her action, love. That's it. That's her. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds yeah, about some, right. Some toys glow in the dark. Some toys, like, you know, punch or, you know what I mean, or stretch. This one loves. Yes. <laughs> okay. Her, the ability of this action figure is to make your heart glow. That's it. Oh. <laughs> so, so good. Um, but uh, as I was opening it, opening it in front of my beloved co-host, um, I noticed on the back of the little action card that came with me, she came out with the Power of the Jedi line, which Jason reminded me of, which came out after Phantom Menace before Attack of the Clones. Um, yes. And for those of you who remember, these action figures had these little like pamphlets with like statistics and adventures and like fun little things about the character toy that you could do. And they also have like a short bio. And I'd never known this, although Katie quickly went to her women in the women of the galaxy, right? Women of the galaxy, women of the galaxy which was Amy Ratcliffe. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amy Ratcliffe's great book about all the f- female characters in Star Wars. And I'd never known this until I literally just read this card. But then Katie backed it up with, with that particular book. But it says, as a girl, Shmi was captured by space pirates, separated from her family, and sold into slavery. I never knew that, guys. Never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why yeah, Shmi's, that's her, uh... Shmi's had the <laughs> freaking worst life. Yeah. yeah. And yet... She's the one of the most wonderful and genuine people in all of Star Wars. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. You know, speaking of uh, of Women of the Galaxy, again, just this amazing book put together by Amy Radcliffe. Like, and, and it collects artwork from you know lots of different female artists. You know, in this fandom, just incredible, incredible book. Highly recommend. I, I really want to read this paragraph about Shmi. Uh, Shmi's life is one of hardship from the beginning. After her parents were captured by pirates, she is forced into slavery at a young age, first to Gardula the Hutt and then to the junk boss Watto. She doesn't succumb to despair and is able to maintain the courageous core optimism, instilling in her son values of compassion, kindness, and the necessity of helping others. Oh, man, you guys. That, like- uh, that's that's yeah. just it. Yeah, and that, like, the show right there. I, that's the show. Right? <laughs> that's it. That's the show. There's nothing else. That's you can the say. tweet. <laughs> Send tweet. Like, uh, I mean, that's just it. I, I think that it's so meaningful to me personally that, you know, rise of Skywalker, you know, that that's her name and that, you know, this person who has had incredible hardship in her life is still able to maintain that optimism and instill that optimism in her son. You know what I mean? Because, you know, that that's the way of the force, right? These horrible things are going to happen. I'm very sorry. But the goal in life is not to avoid pain because it's inevitable. It's mm. going to happen. You know, our job is to try to find a way to move forward and be compassionate despite all of that. And Shmi embodies this, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. She, she mean, really does, Yeah. 
her her entire mindset, her entire worldview is summed up in a line that Anakin quotes back to her in the Phantom mm-hmm. Menace at the dinner mm-hmm. table. The, the biggest problem in this universe is that nobody helps each other. You know, and yeah. and, and Shmi is almost compassion incarnate, you know, uh, yeah. in the way that she treats people and, and, you know, wants to instill that kind of, that those kinds of values in Anakin. Um, and in the way that she just sort of, you know, takes in Qui-Gon and crew when Anakin's like, Hey, you know, you can stay here to wait out the sandstorm, you know, yeah. just sort of shows <laughs> up with friends. Um, and she's like, I, Okay, we'll do that. So, (laughs) I mean, what was she going to do? Turn them out into the, I was going to say into the cold, but that's not accurate. Into the sweltering heat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and the sandstorm. And the sand, yeah. Possibly. I mean, she could have said, all right, the storm's over. You can go on your way now. Uh, But then, no, they stayed for a few days. So, in the slave quarters, and you know there's not a lot of room there, so... Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the thing like just thinking about Shmi's role within this saga, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. like you so aptly put Katie by giving the moniker Mother of Skywalkers. Um <laughs> you know, she is kind of this phenomenal nobody character that mm. the Force chooses to make this chosen one incarnate in. Um yeah. and you know, I can't help but, considering my upbringing, <laughs> um, I can't help but think of, you know, like Mary in the Christian tradition, um, mm. this kind of unknown peasant woman who's chosen by God to bring God into the world, um, to, you know, make this this infinite deity into something concrete and incarnate. And here you have Shmi, you know, a a classic story trope of kind of a nobody. I mean, literally a nobody. She's a slave, um, mm-hmm. yeah. peasant woman who is for whatever reason chosen by the force to create this, to be the bearer of the chosen one. Um, and yeah. uh, I just think that's so profoundly beautiful. And you can ask the question of like, well, why? Right. And, and like literally speaking mm-hmm. into my own Christian tradition, like Christians have been asking that question for 2000 years. Why did God pick Mary? The answer ultimately is who cares? <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, um, I think Shmi cares. Well, and, well and I, like, I'm just going to say. <laughs> well, I don't. I, yeah, I'm sure Shmi cares for sure. Yeah, um, for but sure. like, but why did it yeah. pick Shmi? And it's probably in all honesty, um, it's probably because of all the things we've you you both have just said and that will continue to unpack as we talk about her but is just there is just this innate goodness and selflessness and love that exists within this woman that who better to to bear the chosen one than shmi skywalker you know and and where better to you know have the chosen one than somewhere on the outskirts where even the you know the Sith who hide in the shadows and slink around the galaxy can't even see it. Yeah. You know? So it's like she ended up, you know, having the, the right location, the right, you know, personality. And I'm convinced she is probably similar to Chirrut in the fact that she has some sort of latent connection to the Force. 
I'm convinced because otherwise, why, why, you know, why would she be receptive to this? You know? Yeah, I, I, that's also my strong headcanon is that Shmi, you know, was an acolyte of some sort of the force, you know, the way Baze and Chirrut would, and the way, uh, um, uh, Lyra, uh, What's her last name? Urso. Lyra. Urso. Urso. Right. Yes. The Ursos. I knew that. <laughs> you know, the same way she was, you know, passing on to her daughter, you know, uh, trust the force, you know, um, because when these like strangers out of nowhere come and sit at her table and are like, we're stranded here and, you know, we're just in this terrible situation. And Anakin's like, I can help, <laughs> you know, um, it's incredibly dangerous and Shmi could lose her whole world. You know, if something horrible happens to Anakin, where does that leave Shmi? You know, with nothing, you know, but her response to this is no, he was meant to help you. You know, Mm -hmm. this idea that the force brings people together, you know, everything that Qui-Gon's been saying this whole time, you know, throughout that whole movie, you know, it's like, Oh, relax. (laughs) We're fine. The force will guide us. You know, it's it's obvious that Shmi at least has some part of that philosophy because she's like, well, if you're here at my table asking for help, then we were meant to help you. Hmm. You know, and yeah. so yeah, that's my strong headcanon is that you know maybe maybe as a girl before she was taken as a slave, you know, she you know read Jedi texts, sacred Jedi texts, <laughs> <laughs> you know, something, and and believes in the will of the force. You know that. That's my headcanon. It's also kind of a requisite for me. I have to believe, you know, for my own sanity, that Shmi was, she believed in the Force, and she was like, you know, when she just suddenly got pregnant, when there was no father, she was like, yes, good, I love this, this is awesome, I'm so happy for me, you know, it's... Yeah. For my own sanity, I have to believe that she was like, awesome, this is great, you know? Like, well, and here, think about this. She <laughs> had to have some knowledge of the Jedi because she passed that knowledge on to Anakin, and that's what Anakin wanted to become. Right, yeah. You well, she was probably one telling him stories, you know, yeah, about yeah. the Jedi, probably. Yeah, so, you know, mm-hmm. so she had to have at least some knowledge so more than just like a cursory oh the jedi are these you know you know you know force monks that do stuff for the senate you know that the, the, the force police you know kind of thing you know that they're she had to have more of a knowledge than just that about the jedi you know mm-hmm. if if anakin is supposed you know supposed to be so inspired and so uh engaged in the idea of becoming a Jedi that he, you know, all he's ever dreamed of doing, you know, it it had to have more than just a cursory knowledge of what a Jedi is, you know? So you just said, you know, 12 times and all that. Sorry. I counted. Probably. (laughs) No, I love it. I was like, wow, you're saying that a lot. So I started counting. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm such a jerk. No, I love that. Uh, I love you. (laughs) Just don't you know, start counting the number of times I say right because I do that all the time. I'm like, right? It's, <laughs> like, no, agree with me? I, no, no. I that's true. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. You know? I, I'm sure. I have my thing that I do over and over. I just. I was like, oh, Jason really wants us to know. I wonder, I how, many, I wonder how many I times. So okay, twelve. Know. Twelve, which is, which is perfect. A that's lot. very biblical. Um, so I, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, oh. Oh, I did. I wanted to bring up, you know, while we're on this, like, idea of, you know, Shmi, I guess, and her faith and her philosophy. Can mm. we talk about her Toan poem that came out? Let's do for it. For the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to bring it up or should I just read it? Uh, whatever you want. 
It's called One Love by oh, Shmi Skywalker. I'm pretty sure Bob Marley wrote that, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and then U2 also did their own version, which wasn't quite as good. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can. My internet always goes a tiny bit slow. Um, how do you spell tone poem? Tone? Like T-O-N-E? Oh, oh it's tone? Is yeah, they're what? tone poems. Oh, man. I'm so stupid. I always thought it was tome. T-O-M-E. That's not tome? even a word. Tome? <laughs> yeah. These are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like George <laughs> Oh man! When he comes out, he's not like these are the tomes, and these are yes. my poems in my. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. I got it. As we, as I okay. show how stupid I am, Jason, you can say you know as much as you want. At least you, you know. know what a tone poem is. So <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Here is here is one love brought to you by Shmi. Don't look back before you go. Eyes forward. Choices to make. Dreams to realize. Don't look back before you go. Know the truth. Learn to let go. Don't look back. Before you go, before you leave me. I love her. Oh my god, that's so sad, but beautiful. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, wow. I mean, that's kind of her story, sad but beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I that there's Jedi teachings in there, you guys. Yeah, you know, like you know, choices to make, dreams to realize. You know, you got your whole life ahead of you. Learn you to know, let this go. idea that you know, Anakin, this path has been placed before you. The choice must be yours. You know. Yeah. And this idea of you know, learn to let go. You know that that's you know again that's what she says to Anakin. It's time for you to let go. You mm-hmm. know, and that that's later what we'll hear Yoda say. You know, learn to let go of all you fear to lose. You know, the, these are these are Jedi teachings, and again, they're coming from like our core source of Skywalkerness, <laughs> and they're coming from Anakin's core source. You know what I mean? Of course, he's like going to be drawn to the Jedi, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're so cool and they save everybody and they're these good people who just, you know, want to help. And, and, you know, all of their values seemingly align with Shmi's values. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to add just one more yeah. quote yeah. in on this, and this is going to be from the Clone Wars. Now, I understand the vision that Anakin sees on Mortis of his mother is really the son in right. disguise trying to, you know, get into his head. But when he approaches him initially, everything seems to be as Shmi would say it. And so mm. it makes me think that he has some sort of idea and connection to what she would be saying. And one of the first things she tells Anakin in the Clone Wars, get ready, folks, because this is a tweak this line ever so slightly and you get something very familiar with what's coming now. She tells Anakin, nothing ever really dies, my son. Oh. And, oh, no. And Luke tells Leia, nothing's ever really gone hmm. in The Last Jedi. You know, it's very similar. 
So I don't know. It, it, it's just something that I watched that scene real quick as I was doing my prep. And I was just like, that was one of the things that jumped out to me. And I was like, you know, I, I have to take a little bit of this with a grain of salt because of the scenario that's being presented and the, the vision, how the vision is being projected right. to Anakin. But that was one of the first things that she said to him. And a lot of what she was saying sounded like it would have been Shmi talking until, you know, they, they progressed farther into the conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I it was just a very interesting parallel that I saw between what she said in The Clone Wars and what we are seeing being said in current Star Wars. That's... Ah, I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm really glad that we've been doing, you know, the saga rewatch because that's... Yeah, that's exactly it. I love that all of these themes, you know, that we see in episode one coming from Shmi Skywalker are being now resolved with the, with the sequel trilogy like that. Oh, I get chills. It's, it's just so interesting because I, I, I feel she is the most underrated character in star Wars because mm. what she mm, does mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. how she raised Anakin and how she sort of set the the ball rolling for the skywalkers in general mm-hmm. um so much of that comes directly from shmi and it's it's very yeah. unrealized because we see it walked out by anakin and luke and leia and and all that stuff mm-hmm. but it all stems from you know the ideas and the teachings and the nurturing of shmi right right yeah no, there is just this innate – I mean, well, Shmi is also just the, the pinnacle of what it means to be a good parent, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's interesting, right, is in the original trilogy, all we, we learn about parental relationships is through Luke and Vader. And, you know, it's a very <laughs> broken relationship, to say the least. Yeah. It's a very dysfunctional one. Um, but – the very first relationship we're told, though, in the saga story is actually one of pure goodness between a mm. mother and her son. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how much that contrasts with the relationships we'll get later in the saga. But there and, and, and again, we've all three of us have talked about this quite a bit when Phantom Menace comes up is the sense of, of innocence and purity that that kind of permeates mm-hmm. that movie. Um and a lot of that is like you're saying is it's really stemmed in who Shmi is. Um, and I feel like everything Anakin does in the movie, as soon as he brings these guests into their home um, and, and that, that quick sense of hospitality clearly was instilled in him by Shmi. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love even just that moment in the movie when, you know, these three strangers and a droid come wandering into her home and Anakin introduces <laughs> them as her fr- as his friends. Yeah. Sh- Shmi has kind of just like this bewildered look on her face. Um, but, you know, isn't like, who are these people? Or like, okay. Can yeah. You, right. Like she's there is just like this hospitality to her that is just so genuine. Um and then, you know, moments later, she sits them down and gives them dinner or lunch, whatever it is, but she feeds them. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I, I just think it's it's so beautiful, like, as they're having this conversation and, and Anakin just wants to help and he knows the way to do it. And 
Shmi, like any good parent, of course, wants to protect her son. And she knows how dangerous pod racing can be. Um, but then Anakin kind of challenges her probably with her own words. Well, literally oh, with her own yeah, words, right? Yeah. <laughs> but mom, and, and it's not like, and it's not like he's being snarky and rebellious. He's just, right. but mom, you always said like, it's kind of like this inquisitive, like, wait, you say these things. Do you mean them? Right. Yeah. And it's one thing to say them and another yeah. thing to live them. Yeah. And then it kind of dawns on Shmi that there is something profound here and it kind of, you know, gives into that. And yes, he was, as you said, Kate, right? Like, you know, he was meant to help mm-hmm. you. She quickly becomes yeah. aware that there's something bigger going on. And I think that we really see that then in her next interaction with Qui-Gon, um, you know, it, and she comes out and confesses kind of this virgin birth. Mm-hmm. I always wonder, you know, did Shmi tell others this? You know, there was no way. There was no, no way right. she was running around all like there was no father, yeah. you guys. Like, right. you know, I more likely than not. I mean, she was a slave when she got pregnant. Probably people just assume she, you know, was passed yeah. around to somebody, which is horrible to say, but probably the sad reality. Or, or found someone. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Right. It's not like. You know, she was living in those slave quarters. Maybe there was a cute guy down the hall. We don't know. <laughs> right. We don't know. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I right. think it's probably the first time she's ever told anybody or even said it out loud is when she right. talks to Qui-Gon. Right. And yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know, the two of you were saying this, there is kind of this affinity within her for the Force, per se. You know, while mm-hmm. she may not call it that or know it as that, right. um, I think she recognizes she certainly recognizes the the miracle that is Anakin that existed within her, and here that she, here she's standing before a Jedi, these you know a person of legend and of myths that she herself has probably told her own child. There's a living, right. breathing one in front of her that you know. And and for a quick second, I got to love on my boy Qui Gon for a sec, but Qui Gon <laughs> definitely you know has exuded this this kind of gentleness to her as well in the sense that you can trust him right like she obviously feels that she can trust him and um i think what's so profound there is i think she finally recognizes this is someone who can hear it will believe me Mm -hmm. and might actually have something to do about it right because you know as qui-gon's praising the selflessness of anakin she's oh well he knows nothing of greed he deserves better than a slave's life you know shmi is well aware that anakin is meant for a lot more than what he's what he's at um and you know and not just in kind of the typical way of a parent like wanting what's best for their child i think she genuinely does believe that there's something more for anakin yeah yeah uh and sorry quick sidebar um i love my parents dearly but like if i was in the star wars universe i would want Qui-Gon and Shmi to be my parents. Oh, same. <laughs> like, oh, same. Uh. <laughs> like, can I have my dad be Qui-Gon and Shmi uh. be my mom? Can that be a thing? I mean, Gosh, I've, I, wanted, I've wanted that since I was like 10. <laughs> like, <laughs> sitting in that theater all like, man, why is it Qui-Gon Shin my dad? <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, it's like, there's, I love the scene um after Anakin's gone off to bed and, and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon have had their chat about what the, all this Medichlorian stuff means. Right. And then you get that shot of Shmi standing in the doorway, kind of silhouetted by light, 
but she's the one looking out into the darkness. And you've got Qui-Gon there, who's another beacon of light in the darkness, but he's not sure what it means. And Shmi, I don't know, the look on her face is one of, I don't, I don't know the word to put to it, but I think she knows things are changing. Yeah. And, yeah. and what I also like is then we also, then the music gets very ominous. And boom, then we go to Darth Maul's arrival, right? And, <laughs> and like the hunter is, is here. Yeah, the hunter is here. <laughs> um, but, you know, for Shmi, I think that's the moment where she realizes her world's about to change dramatically. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that music there going ominous, I think, is more so pointing to what, what's coming with Darth Maul. Um, right, but I also think it's 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 there's a layered complexity there of the music. I think is also there because it's also pointing to well, geez, what's going to happen to Anakin when he leaves this place? Um, <laughs> but also, you know, what's going to happen when he leaves Shmi? Right, like, I- um, Katie, you said this a long time ago. One time we were all messaging, um, not during a show, but I was mm-hmm. watching Phantom Menace and saying how much like the yeah. stuff on Tatooine feels very much like home. Right, like there's mm-hmm. this presence of feeling at home, and I think yeah. that too also really comes from Shmi, right? Like, Shmi, yeah, she makes you feel welcome here. Yeah, yeah. Shmi yeah. gives you this sense that like you're at home and you can just relax and 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 be you. Um, so there is kind of a danger of taking Anakin away from her. You know, she's not a threat to him being a Jedi, um, mm. and to be fair. I think Qui-Gon knows that, which is why he does try to free both of them. Right? Yeah. Like Qui-Gon, yeah. it's not like Qui-Gon doesn't care about Shmi. He certainly does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, there's this sort of like, in, in, a, in an interesting way, there's sort of like this very understated, slight romance going on between him and Shmi. 100% yes. 100% yes. <laughs> like, there was something yeah. there. Get it, Shmi. Get it. <laughs> Get it, girl. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, no, it, there there wouldn't have been a hindrance if she had been able to come. You know, she would have been very supportive, and you know, understood if he had to go away for long periods and not see her. You know, obviously she she knows that because she lets him leave the planet. You know, with the possibility of never seeing him again because this will lead to a better life for him, and he'll be able to fulfill his dreams. Yeah. So. That's what's so interesting to me is that, you know, we keep saying, oh, Anakin's going to go off and live this better life. What concrete proof does Shmi have that that's what's going to happen to Anakin when he leaves? None. She had, yeah, she just has faith. You know, she just has a belief that her son is going to go off and live this better life, which I think it, it, answers our questions you know that that are being raised by you know by the eight movies that followed this one you know which is like how do we deal with grief how do we deal with you know how do we let go of what we fear to lose and that answer shmi embodies that answer you know what i mean she she's losing her son she gives up her son lets go of of everything she fears to lose you know look how how she did try to like cling to him, you know, told him he couldn't enter this, you know, this pod race, you know what I mean? Cause something bad's going to happen to him. And, you know, at, as she watched him do that pod race, you know, we see her like flinch and everything because something bad's going to happen to him, you know? And 
here's this Jedi that's going to take her son off into this big, you know, big scary galaxy. And, you know, she does, she can't control what happens to him, but she believes it's going to be a better life, you know? And in a way that's kind of, you know, that's, that's Anakin, you know, when, when he can't let go of Padme, you know, he can't believe, even though Yoda's telling him, oh, don't be sad for those who return to the force, right? You know, mm-hmm. they, they're going to somewhere better. They're becoming something more than themselves, you know, when we return to the force. And Anakin just can't let himself believe that, you know? He's like, no, I have to save you. Doesn't matter. Right. I have to save your life and keep you here with me. You know, it's it. he does it all all wrong <laughs> just the way shmi would not have done it <laughs> yeah yeah shmi like she is the perfect parent in that sense too right like all good parents mm-hmm. need to understand that their children are going to grow beyond them um mm-hmm. and to give them the freedom to do that you know that's right. what a good parent does um mm-hmm. but more than that like even getting to the crux of the fact that she is this, a skywalker mm-hmm. is she embodies what her son certainly fails at. Um, Mm -hmm. And that, like you keep saying, Katie, it's this ability to accept change. And I think that's why Shmi is actually one of the most powerful characters in Star Wars, just as a life lesson teacher, you know, Mm -hmm. Shmi, Shmi's desire, if you will, is pretty Mm -hmm. simple. Her son to be free. That's it. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, that's that seems to be her really her most deepest desire is she she's made peace with what she is and what she will probably do for the rest of her life. She has made peace with that. Yeah. She doesn't want that for her son. Right. And I think that's the beautiful lesson that she embodies is, um, you know, kind of this this selflessness to make things around make things for those you love better, even if it costs Mm -hmm. you something even if yeah. it hurts so much. And, you know, if you watch that scene, which breaks all three of our hearts, as I'm sure it does many of yours listening, when she says, don't look back and Anakin <sighs> leaves. Um, if you, I mean, just the shot closes on Shmi. It doesn't close on Anakin. It closes on Shmi, the one mm-hmm. who's yeah. giving up everything. The one who, in a way, is more like a Jedi than many of the Jedi will meet. And the rest of the saga, Absolutely. you know, yeah, she is. her ability to be so selfless and loving and the way she holds to herself, right? Like she wraps her arms around herself and, mm-hmm. um, and kind of this self comfort. And in a way she is strong enough to even do that. She's strong mm-hmm. enough yeah. to even know that this is going to really hurt me, but I also know that I'll be okay. You know? Yeah. Um, that's yeah. That's so incredibly powerful you know, that she can be okay by herself, you know, because we, we do, it's great if you find another person, you know, you, you find someone in your life, you know, a romantic partner, a child, a best friend, you know, it's great if you have that other person, but we do have to be complete within ourselves, you know, you have to Mm -hmm. have that internal validation and be comfortable with yourself and know that, that you're strong enough you know, to be okay. And, and yeah, that just makes me like so strong, so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The interesting thing, uh, going back to, um, Anakin not being able to, to let go the way that, that Shmi is, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to 
real quick, jump back to the Clone Wars uh, episode where he has this vision. Um, he he's telling this vision of his mother that you know I essentially I I missed you and I, I couldn't save you. I couldn't stop this from happening to you. And the Shmi vision tells him, well, then that is not love. That is a prison. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and it is a very profound thing to say, mm-hmm. you know, it, he can't let it go. That is not love. That is a prison. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, again, you have to take everything sort of in this weird grain of salt area because of the, the vision that he's having is not generated necessarily by Shmi herself. It's generated by the sun. But um, that's interesting. It's a very, yeah, it's a very interesting thing because it feels like something that she would say though. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. The dark side tells you things that are really hard for you to hear. You know what I mean? Like when, when Luke descends into that dark side tree, you know, it, it tells him, you know, that if you kill Vader, you're killing yourself. You know, you're, you can't hurt this person without hurting yourself. This person he hates so much, you can't strike him down without hurting yourself. And Luke's like, that can't be true. That can't, <laughs> no. Right. It's not even about, like, you know, he's your father. It, it's about, you know, the, the only way you can fight this person is by not fighting him. And Luke's not at a point in his journey where he's, all, you know, where he can believe that, that the way to save the day is to not hate Vader, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when Ray descends into the dark side cave, you know, it tells her that she's alone. And, you know, when she's looking for her parents, the only thing she's ever going to see is herself, mm-hmm. you know, and she has to be okay with that, you know, and it's, it's the hardest thing for her to hear right now, you know, and it's the same with Anakin where, you know, if the sun is the dark side, then the sun is telling him exactly what's the hardest thing for him to hear, which is you don't love Padme in a good and healthy way. You, mm-hmm. That's not love. That's a prison. Right. Just, right. just like that's interesting. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she she spouts some very interesting words of wisdom in like you know thirty yeah. seconds before she turns on him. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, no. There's some really cool stuff there. And just her 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 very um, I don't know. Just ease in comfort with accepting the reality that Qui-Gon brings to them, right? Like when they come back, mm-hmm. you know, like, in, you know, you've been freed. You're no longer a slave. What? You know, well, what, about, <laughs> what about mom? Is she free too? You know, I tried to free your mother, Annie, but what? I wouldn't have it. Um, Cause he's a jerk. He's <laughs> um, a jerk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but like immediately though, you see Shmi go into Shmi mode. In the mom mode yeah, of, like, yeah. I am not going to let my son feel guilty or hold him back. Son, my place is here. My future is here. Like you said, Jason, you know, she's accepted this is her reality moving forward, and she's not going to push yeah. back against that. She's not going to be like, oh, well, Anakin, of course I'm going to really miss you. She never even says that, like, I'm going to really miss you, right? Because even that is something for him to cling to or to feel guilty about. Um, and, and even when he's confessing, you know, I will come back and free you. She just kind of smiles, like smiling at like a boy's dream and not like in, mm-hmm. not in a belittling way as if it's like, OK, but uh, more <laughs> of just like she's letting him voice what he needs to. But then she goes back to the reality of, you know, just don't look back. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. she does all the right things, all the perfect things, says all the perfect things, says nothing that she shouldn't have not said, you know, right. 
um, it, it, she hugs him goodbye there before he goes and packs. I love you. That's what she says. You know, don't look back are her last words to him in that movie because she knows how hard this is going to be for him. And, you know, I, I've heard this a lot in, in rumblings and in, in, in light of like Last Jedi and, and Force Awakens, um, lots of different folks talking about how Qui-Gon may have gotten things a bit wrong here. Um, mm. and, and, and not just Qui-Gon, but the Jedi, of course, which we all know the Jedi are very defunct in the prequel era. Um, mm-hmm. Very flawed. The, the This prophecy never says that it has to be a Jedi, right? Like, what's the, mm. you know, maybe there was a, a sincere goodness to having the Chosen One just raised in a community of love. Um, right, which was his yeah. mother. And, and that's, that's actually something touched on in the Revenge of the Sith novel um, towards the end. Again, great book. If you haven't read it, read it. It's the best ever, um, my opinion. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think so. But at the end of the movie, or at the end of the book, when they're having this discussion about what to do with Anakin and Padme's children, um, Obi-Wan kind of has this, the gum, you know, kind of the, the knee-jerk of, well, which one are you going to take? We'll train them right away. And Yoda's the one who's like, yo, pump the brakes, bruh. Um, yeah, no, slow, slow, slow your roll. <laughs> and Yoda's the one who recognizes the goodness of how Anakin had initially been raised mm. and the beauty that surrounded him in that. Um, and, you know, Shmi has a lot to teach the Jedi, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, like, we get obviously next to nothing of Shmi in Attack of the Clones. And that's obviously her last appearance. Oh, I really want to talk about Shmi in Attack of the Clones. Cool. So let's do it. Yeah. What do you want to say? Um, I, th- I think it's great that she found happiness. I think it's really great that she, you know, kept living her life after, you know, Anakin left. I, uh, I, I go back and forth about how I feel about Klee Lars. You know, he, <laughs> You know, Wado all like, I sold her to, to Lars, and you know, and then he freed her and married her. And I'm like, it, you know, a relationship should be made of equals, you know what I mean? And the kind of emotional debt that comes from like somebody literally bought you and then freed you. I kind of hope it was it, like, it, he, he bought, bought her, her freedom. Yeah, he bought her freedom. And then, like, a year went by, and then they got married. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I hope, like, Shmi got to kind of live her life a little bit, and Klieg was part of it. And then she was like, okay, now we can get married. You know what I mean? See, does, the, that, does that make wait, any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and, I, and I could definitely see that happening. Although the way that it, mentally in my head, Canon, the way it always happened is that he met her while she was still a slave. You know, he mm-hmm. had to get some junk parts to repair his moisture evaporators. Um, and he kept making return trips. And so they kept having this relationship build and, you know, he'd come in every couple months for more supplies and they got to talking and all this stuff. And then he, over the, the years, he was able to set aside and raise the money that he needed to, to buy her freedom. You know, and so over the year or or two or however long it takes for him to do that, um, they're having this relationship build, and they're they're talking about what they would want to do if if he was able to do this for her and how things would want to be or whatever. I, I don't know. I, they don't tell us. So, um, but I, <laughs> I feel like either way, it it would have it was a good situation um, yeah. because. You know, Shmi is confident enough in herself and settled enough in 
and, and comfortable enough in who she is that she wouldn't feel obligated to yeah. marry League just because he bought her freedom. So, um, yeah, she she wouldn't let that happen. Um, so, whatever order it happened in, I get the sense that she truly did love him. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. I feel, yeah, because she was, we know that she was a free woman when she married him. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I also believe that it was consensual, and it was, you know, and she was very happy, and she loved him, and, you know, it was all great. I'm just also, like, I, I hope there was, like, at least a year in there where she could just be her own person, you know what I mean? And live, like, on her own terms. You know what I mean? Mm. I uh, I don't I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I I think it, it's really sweet that that um the uh she got to be a mother again, you know to to Owen. Yeah. Like that oh that just fills my heart with so much so much warmth. You know I hope they had a good relationship. I bet they did. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 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 Um. I'm I'm sure she and Baru had some great conversations. Right? Oh my god! I bet they were close. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I bet I bet she 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 was helping Baru plan the wedding. Oh! Oh! Oh my gosh! To to Owen. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I definitely hear what you're saying, Katie. Right? Like, I think that's something that was clearly just overlooked when you write a story like that. You know, and yeah, there, that is you know when you do just step back and look at it, there, there's there's certainly a something problematic about that. Somebody buys someone, frees them, and then marries them. Like there's yeah. there's like a weird power dynamic there for sure. Yes, it's kind of like yeah. This, I mean, in real life, it's like somebody who gets like a mail away bride, right? Like someone who's looking mm-hmm. for you know like their mm-hmm. immigration papers and the quick and easy way to do that is just marry somebody and yeah, right, card like wedding, it, yeah. it, it creates, you know, this really unfair power structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like I think that that's a reality that probably just wasn't thought about and that doesn't say that it's not there yeah. or, or it shouldn't be thought about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm fairly confident, like kind of you were saying Jason in the sense of she is this very confident woman who mm-hmm. certainly isn't going to like be I just I don't see her being the type who'd be like I'm indebted for him to him for the rest of my life. And while we don't get to know anything of really about Klieg, um mm-hmm. you maybe it's just the naivete of like you're watching a Star Wars movie and these are the yeah. good guys and they're good guys. Like of course like of course Klieg loved her and was good to her and vice versa. Um, yeah. you know, so uh you know, in a fairy tale which is kind of what star wars is in its own way mm-hmm. you know like of course he was he, he did the right thing um but yeah. i like the fact that she was you know even just that little tidbit of the fact that she was literally abducted while collecting you know mushrooms on the evaporators yeah something yeah. she loved to do right like even something as is a simple statement as that i think kind of reveals from Klieg that she clearly did have her own passions, her own things that she cared yeah. about that yeah. were clearly celebrated by her family here at the Lars homestead, you know, Owen mm-hmm. and, and, and probably Baru. And I have the sense too, that Shmi might've been the one when Owen and Baru started to get serious and Owen wanted to have Baru maybe move in with them. And Uh-oh. Klieg was all like, Oh, you, you're not married. And she was probably like, I think Baru <laughs> should live with us. I feel like that oh, was yeah. I feel like that was Shmi. Yeah. Um, she was probably yeah, she was like 
you know, the parent that like, you know, takes your side, yeah. you know, and like, <laughs> it's like, she, she probably yeah. softened Klieg uh, yeah. quite a bit. Klieg had rough edges and uh, <laughs> those started uh, melting when Shmi came into his life. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> well, just... obviously, you know, the, the way he talks about her in Attack of the Clones, he loves her. Uh, but, you know, she's been gone a month at the time Anakin comes in to the story here. And so he's essentially, since she's been gone that long, accepted the fact that she's probably dead. And he, that's unfortunately just a reality you have to live with when you live out on the moisture farms on Tatooine. Is that if you get abducted I mean, by sand people, you're probably not coming back. Did they he said, go out with like 30 of his friends? Yeah. And yeah. only two of them came back? Like, yeah. And he like lost four. a leg. Yeah, and he yeah. lost a leg. It's like I I don't have thirty more friends to go out there with, and only three limbs left. I yeah yeah. Oh uh, no, it's, yeah, it's no good. It's, it's, yeah. Oh my god! In the novel, well, also, you get the mm-hmm. abduction scene. Um, you get that, oh, you get that moment when Shmi is abducted. I haven't read it in a while, but I do remember it's in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it, it, um, it's like a a recap of it, and and he like. It, he loses his leg in some sort of like swoop bike accident when the, the, well, they had like a the, trap out or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a tripwire trip or something. Thing, and they, yeah. it, it was, yeah. The Tuscan Raiders had like a tripwire or something and he, he lost his leg with that whole right. thing. And it was, it was bad. And it was, it was a massacre oh. um, of, of all the farmers that went out after her. So it was not pretty really quick. This is uh, a total. Oh, go ahead, Katie. I, I, if yours is really quick, that's fine. No, mine's off topic. So. Oh, well, I was going to say, I think it's very beautiful that Shmi was freed, you know, not through like, you know, Jedi intervention, but just because a farmer fell in love with her. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I like this idea that, you know, she, you know, she didn't need a superhero to come in and save her. You know, we didn't necessarily need a Jedi to come yeah. in and, and right all these wrongs. You know, happiness can be found in these much smaller ways with these much smaller people, you know, thinking that there is only like one person who can save the day is, you know, that that's Kylo Ren thinking, you know, mm. that's, that's, you have no place in this story. You're yeah. nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? The nobodies only become somebody's when they choose to, yeah. you know what I mean? And Klieg chose to be somebody in this story. You know, he chose to, to, to free Shmi because he loved her, you know? And- yeah. And she got to be the wife of a farmer, which is more than she ever expected out of her own life. You know, yeah. it, it, this, this is a bonus for Schmidt. Well, she like, got to she be, never, let, let, she, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be all like PC on you, but like, let's, uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, change yeah, that sentence too. She yeah. got to be a farmer. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, it, it, I was, yes. Yes. Sorry. Um, no. But yeah, no, she, it is, she was, she was perfectly you know accepting the fact that she was probably going to live out the rest of her life as a slave mm-hmm. she was she had accepted that fate but now she doesn't have to be anymore she's free yeah. she's a farmer she's got you know a, a new adopted son and soon a new daughter-in-law you know she's living a life that she never expected she was going to be able to live and she's so very happy. It, it seems uh, that that this fell in her lap. Like this is something she never expected to happen. And this is bonus. This is bonus life 
for Shmi. <laughs> well, it just shows that, you know, happiness, sometimes, it, yes, it comes by the slow path, you know what I mean? And that's okay. Yeah. That's great mm. even because, you know, what is the dark side if not the quicker, easier path, right? You know yeah. what I mean? So Yeah, sometimes we come by happiness by the long road and that's all right. You know, the destination is not diminished because you took the long road to get there. You know, and I just think that's very beautiful. Yes. Yeah. What were you going to yeah. say, Carl? That was off topic. No, I, I, well, one of you made the comment about something about like not being able to breathe. And uh, it just made me think of that great quote from Attack of the Clones when Anakin <laughs> says, literally, this is literally just about Anakin and Padme. But, um, you know, Anakin confesses to her that the thought of not being with her, he can't breathe. He can't breathe. Well, the reality is, and this just kind of struck me, like, that's actually true. As soon as he loses her, he can't, he can no longer breathe on his own. Oh! You know? He needs to... <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I just never thought of that, but, like, <laughs> it's true. Like, he can't breathe without her. He literally needs help now. That's He's, true, he, yeah. That's... He needs artificial lungs. Yeah. 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 You're not wrong. That's... So, Anakin was speaking the truth there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, oh, um, let's talk about Shmi's death. Like, you know, sorry, I don't mean to bring it down, but I think no, I, yeah. this is it's the saddest and yet most beautiful thing in Attack of the Clones. And, I, you know, yes, the wedding at the end is beautiful, but this is this is it. This is like the emotional, you know, high and low mm-hmm. in Attack of the Clones for me, you know, other than just like pure squee when the battle's going on. But that's totally <laughs> different. Um, but she's dying. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a miracle she's lasted this long. She's holding on because she knows Anakin is going to come and find her. At least that's the sense I get. Mm-hmm. Because she has to see him one last time. And when he comes in and takes her off that rack, which is just ugh, a painful sight to see yeah. her there, um, all she can do is talk about him and how much she loves him, how much she's proud of him. Oh, the first thing she says is, Oh, you're so handsome. So handsome. He is. He's hated Christensen. That's why she had no idea. Her son was going to grow up to be hated. That's very true. Um, she, she starts with how handsome, how handsome he is. And then she says, I'm so proud of you. And then she's going to speak even deeper and say that she loves him. She starts on the outside and works her way in with that. And all that she can say is just out of love towards Anakin. Everything she says is out of love towards Anakin. Nothing about herself. Yeah. Nothing like, oh, I'm so happy I got to see you before I passed here. You know, no, 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 no. It's all about Anakin because she loves him so much. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. It makes me think of two other deaths in Star Wars. Of course, obviously, uh, a- a- uh, Anakin's own death, you know, looking at, at his son, yeah. you know, this idea of, you know, now I am complete, you know, yeah. wow. that's, you know, that's what Shmi says is, yeah. is you know, a- and, uh, you know, yeah, Anakin just wants to look on his son once with my own eyes, you know, and, and then he's able to die and he dies glad of it you know yeah. you know just yeah just they're just both so grateful that they got to look on their children on their their son my grown-up son you yeah. know i'm so proud of you you know they and then they both that's when they both die and then it makes me think of 
Padme's death as well. You know, Shmi's death kind of mirrors Padme's in a in a way where, you know, Padme's dying and we don't know why. She's just lost the will to live. You know, medically she's healthy. But then you look at Shmi, who's just clearly been through the ringer, and it's so heartbreaking. And, you know, as you were saying, Jason, it, it looks like a miracle she made it this far. And mm. how how is she still alive, you know? And and when she looks at her son, she's like, oh, now, now I'm complete. You know, now she can go. You know, it, it's this kind of inverse, I think, of what was going on with Padme. You know, it's it's living for love, you know, versus Padme who dies, you know, without love. Yeah. 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 Wow. Ugh. Well put. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, Shmi, don't leave. Shmi, don't leave us. Yeah. <laughs> we and, didn't and, deserve her. <laughs> and don't you forget and, about Shmi, no. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I think the, and kind of the sad reality of that death scene too in attack of the clones is mm-hmm. everything she embodied for you know episode one and what she tried to pass on to her son mm. f- like just f- falls short of him you know yeah like, kind of dies with her in a way yeah mm-hmm. yeah um those yeah. lessons that she she raised him with um you know just they didn't last um, and that's not on Shmi. No, Shmi but, but I would um, at the same time, like no one's ever really gone. Right. And I do think yeah. Anakin gets back there eventually, you know, when he sees his son, you know, calling out for help, you right, know, and he, right, he right. does get back there eventually, but yeah. you know, so Shmi didn't die, you know, cause no one's ever really gone, but, in, but Anakin couldn't see that, you know, yeah. holding his mother's body, he couldn't see that she was still with him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, you know, and then really it's her, her legacy in a way, uh, Mm -hmm. is what defines so much of the rest of Anakin's journey and not in a good way. And again, that's not Shmi's fault. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) No. Um, you know, as he's standing there by the grave and, uh, you know, it's, you get two very different responses looking at her death and how they grieve. Right. Klieg is just, it, admitting his grief and sadness and you know i know wherever you are it's a better place right like right, understanding yeah. that she is this bright beacon of light and wherever that beacon of light is she's making it a better space um mm. and then anakin goodbye is, my darling wife yeah, yeah that's what he says yep yeah. yeah and then anakin is just i'm sorry i failed you i won't fail again right he makes this about him it's, yeah it's not about him you know uh, and, that's and, it yeah and it just and in, in some ways, like there's a like kind of a stupid selfishness there in Anakin, but there's also like mm-hmm. there's also like a sadness there. It's like, dude, this isn't your fault, <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, don't don't make this about you because literally, one, it's not about you. It's not your fault. And two, uh, what good's that going to do you? <laughs> you know, move on. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like you know. <laughs> The Sith, you know, think inward only of themselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. this is Anakin. This is a very dark side moment for Anakin, I think, because you know, grief should bring us together. It so often isolates us because we feel like you know, I'm nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody understands what I'm feeling. I, I feel so bad. You know, it, it just it curls you inward, but it should connect you to the people around you because Anakin is surrounded by people mourning his mother, people that loved her every bit as much as he did, 
you know yeah. these you know his, his new yeah. brother his yeah his new brother his new sister you know his his stepdad you know they're yeah. all mourning her and he doesn't even look at them doesn't right. even look He's, at them he yeah. separates himself from them mm-hmm. and you, you know, know that's not what Shmi would have wanted yeah no 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 yeah for sure and yeah you know Kleeg is not there when obi-wan brings baby luke which is mm. probably about five at most five years later right attack of the clones yeah something like that I think yeah. clone probably wars three is, yeah yeah exactly because clone wars is about three years long and the time frame of revenge of the sith is like maybe a week I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's real it's, compressed it's timeline. Yeah. Um. So when Obi Wan shows up, Kleeg's not. There. I mean, yes, maybe Kleeg is just in the basement. Um. But <laughs> I, I, think, I feel I like think, Kleeg. I think there's an additional uh, headstone out there when when Obi Wan's walking up. I feel like I remember seeing this uh, written down somewhere. Somebody mentioning oh. it that there is an additional headstone out oh, there wow. next to Shmi. Oh, you just smashed yeah. all my head cannons about baby Luke and Grandpa Kleeg. Grandpa <laughs> well, Kleeg bouncing uh, Luke on his knee. That, that would have been so cute. Okay, I feel that like, would have been sorry. super sorry. adorable. <laughs> I see it as like maybe Kleeg, Kleeg doesn't last much longer after Shmi's gone because she brought yeah. something to his life that he just can't live without, you know? Um, yeah, maybe- not necessarily like depression. It's not like he maybe slips into depression, but you know, he's, he's a Tatooine farmer. Um, probably doesn't have the best medical care. Owen mm. and Brew don't know exactly how to take care of him. Shmi probably would have, but she's gone. So I think Kleeg just like resigns himself to however quick life might be. So I, I really do believe Kleeg probably passes away within the next year or two. So oh, that, that's sad. I know, <laughs> but man, well, Shmi's great. <laughs> Shmi is yeah. great. Shmi is not sad. I'm happy for her. Yeah. She's because she's amazing. And you know, Rise of Skywalker is just going to be her waking up from her nap. All like, <laughs> what have you kids been doing? What? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> this room was clean when I went to sleep. And now look at it. Now. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. That's Rise of Skywalker. It's, it's, Shmi is the, you know what what Skywalker are we talking about Shmi that's who we talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah don't, and don't you forget about it nope <laughs> just wake don't, up. Don't, yeah. don't don't <laughs> what have you kids been up to <laughs> Keep hitting the full screen button on accident on my Spotify when I do that. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you know, there's so many things we could talk about with the mother of Skywalker, but I feel like we've done a pretty darn good job. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that we finally sat down and talked about her because she's amazing. Yeah. Definitely. It, it, it's about time and uh, everybody should be talking about Shmi at some point. <laughs> all the points. Every all, all the points. <laughs> Just an incredible character. No, no two ways about it. Um, I so. wonder if somebody if somebody says Shmi Skywalker in Episode Nine, I will lose my mind. I have to think, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be amazing. 
Um, Great well, grandma me. <laughs> well, you know, as always, feel free to share your thoughts on good old Shmi um, and what she means to thee. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I love it. We're getting poetic here in yeah, the lair. She's the best. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was great. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up. That brought her up last week, Katie, so that we could just jump right into it this week. Oh, 100%. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so what is our great poll for next week? It's a good one. It's a good one. And Carl came up with this, so all props to Carl on this one. But uh, we want to know, if you had theme music, which Star Wars theme would be your theme music? What's your theme song from Star Wars? You walk into the room, which song starts playing? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. We all know mine. We all know it. We, we, <laughs> but you'll have to tune in we'll next week to confirm it. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So I'm I'm super excited about this poll. I can't wait to to figure out which one of like three or four or five are running around in my head right now I'm going to pick. Um but uh Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup, or again if they want to weigh in on any of the discussion we've had about the wonderful Shmi Skywalker uh, where can they do that? Uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Wampusler uh, or Facebook, Wampusler Podcast. And you can always email us at wampuslerpodcast at gmail.com. And Katie, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PoHotDameron. I'll probably make you cry. I was tweeting <laughs> about Luke Skywalker Day and I made everybody cry. <laughs> <laughs> But do it. It's a good time, okay? <laughs> it's a good cry. Yes. <laughs> right. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up this episode? All good. Nope. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 344, Mother of Skywalkers. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. And remember... Don't you forget about Shmi!